Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Benchtown TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Kyle and producer Dave. We are so excited to be here today to talk about The Witcher Season 3. We're talking Episodes 2 and 3 today. If you're here for the first time, welcome. We are Benchtown TV, a group that loves talking about some good stories. If you found us on our separate Witcher feed, welcome and thanks for hanging out with us. But if, but if you want to see some of the other work we cover, check out our main Benchtown TV feed at BenchtownTV.com or at all of our socials. We have over 350 episodes with at least 70 plus shows. So we are sure you'll find something you like. And we also got our Discord up and running too. So if you are a big fan of The Witcher and want to talk theories, please check that out as well. Now back to episodes two and three, titled Unbound and Reunion. Definitely a slow change of pace from the crazy episode one. It was mostly catching us up on all the characters from season two that we didn't have in episode one Mm -hmm. of season three. So we're getting glimpses of Kahir, Frangilla, Istrid, a bunch more, and a bunch more characters we're introduced to for the first time. So Kyle, as... A newbie with fresh eyes uh how was this was it was it a little overwhelming trying to remember all the characters it's not necessarily overwhelming it's just i feel like there's just a lot going on and i'm not i don't want to say it doesn't make sense it just feels like there's a lot going on and it's kind of like where's this go there's just there's a lot of irons in the fire right now i guess in the show i'm glad that the ending of what episode three was uh was kind of the reunion actually why the episode was called that i feel like i don't really want them to be apart anymore at this point like i want them to just kind of ride further and further towards the or closer and closer rather towards the finish line um i mean i'm a big dijkstra fan and he balled out in episode three he was fucking vince carter elbow in the rim fucking hanging you know hanging dong on uh what's his name what's the brother's name brad of it out of it yeah so that was nice to see i like i love me some dextra so and dave and i were correct in guessing that uh scooby aka the elf whose name i forget was uh was gonna go to kahir so two points on the board for the good guys yeah honestly really good call there he did go to kahir wild ending i mean we'll get to it eventually but really didn't see that coming at all for episode two we're going to cover it kind of in character buckets here so it's not going to go in actual show order or episode order i should say um but first we're going to talk about siri and yen and these two just newly separated from Geralt. they're getting some one-on-one time since the whole yen trying to kill siri incident and seeing you know so they could patch up those old wounds and Siri's actually pretty chill with her. She kind of gets it. She, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. It doesn't seem like there's any real kind of lasting animosity. They have a little bit of a dust mm-hmm. up, but that's kind of classic, like travelers on the road spending a lot of time together type of thing. I feel like uh, you could be way madder at Yen than Siri currently is. Yeah, totally. It's kind of yeah. funny when you think about it. She has a line um, earlier, episode one, when she was training her and she was like, so like you knew that what was gonna happen and you were still gonna do it to get your powers back. She was like, "Yeah, sorry about it." And Siri's like, yeah. "All right, cool." And they're just like, "We're fine now." But anyway, Siri keeps having these visions. She's seeing these people's deaths. It's not really up to her. She just kind of gets them randomly. She wants to help people, but Yen is constantly telling her, "You can't interfere because that'll just have even worse consequences." She ends up helping somebody, 
escape and then you know there are worse consequences to follow yeah so we got them kind of we got this first vision i should say from this random messenger applegat but siri has a vision of him dying kind of right before the, he leaves and yen is giving a letter to get to to say because to is the only one that yen kind of like respects and trusts in a way but she doesn't necessarily know if to say will even allow this to happen it's her mother figure i mean she was the one that yen i wouldn't consider her best friend maybe because of like she's more of a teacher to yen but i think it's just because yen has been with her the longest like she's the one that taught yen her magic and everything sure she has great relationships with like tris marigold but i think it's just because that teacher mother aspect it she can trust her more than she can anyone else especially now that you know, Frangilla, one of her mages, like, is now working with Nilfgaard. Like, she's less trusting of others. So I think it's just more so the fact that it's like a mother figure for her. Yeah. And one of the very few times you actually see Yen nervous and not confident is when Tissaia is there. And that's, yeah. that's totally a lot to do with it. Uh, we get introduced to Kira Metz, a mage. Not in the books, but definitely a big character in the games. If you ever played Witcher 3, Yen meets with her to try to get a portal back to Eratusa, But it's... She seems, Kira Metz, that is, seems like a freelancer that just gives people portals to random places yeah. for money. Which Interesting is, uh, business set up there. Hell yeah. Honestly, we talk about that all the time. If we're like, if you had superpowers, what would you do? And we're like, real life or just like superhero life? Because real life, you know, do a teleportation and charge people rides all the time. And that's basically what she's doing here. Oh my God, so that's really funny. So much money. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can charge whatever imagine. you want. And especially yeah. she's she's doing some underground dark shit too. So she's probably making extra money off those criminals. Yeah, I think maybe like my conscience would get in the way sometimes. Because like yeah. she seems like to have a very like no questions asked added. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. that she would kind of stop that portal because you could clearly tell something awful was gonna happen. And <laughs> yeah. she just was like, All right, she just looked at the kid and was like, All right, I'll yeah. open that portal up. It was like, damn, that's cold. Him. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy totally. Story. I was seeing the same thing. She makes eye contact with him in chains and then is like, all right, let me open this portal real quick. Yeah, I was yeah. really hoping for a little bit of pushback, but nah, Siri had to be the one to, yeah. to give some pushback. I love Siri. when Yen told, uh, I guess the, whatever the messenger's name was, if you had with an A, it was like Applegate or something like that. Yeah. They, uh, she was like, sorry, she got kicked in the head by a horse <laughs> when she was younger. She hasn't been the same since. Yeah. I was like, damn. These random ramblings of a mad woman. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was literally just staring at the guy, like yeah. just not saying anything. Yeah. I was like, okay, you say something or are you going to walk <laughs> away? Like, what's going on here, Siri? This is her first stranger interaction ever. She doesn't know how to react. Um, but anyway, she lets that prisoner escape. We found out it's somebody called uh, Hoovenagel, and he is bad news, apparently. Kiramets literally tells them, hey, you guys should run because trouble's coming for you. So just add that on to everybody else that's looking for him, too. Yeah, now they're trying point. to get revenge for killing one of the one of his guys. Yeah. Dude, this I, is a... I, I, I guess it's like their magic um, doesn't have like a ton of restriction on it. But that was interesting to watch her kill that guy that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was that's I thought that was blooded. fucking brutal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She could have definitely done it a little bit quicker, too, and maybe a little less painful. But yeah, it was like slowly building up to it. I was like, OK, that must have hurt like a bitch. Yeah, but we get the the name drop of important, not an important book character, but definitely a book character that will find relevance. I'm sure in the show later on Leo Bonhart. I think this is the 
the kind of hunter that Luke was referring to last episode. He couldn't remember his name. I think this was the guy that he was referring to. Leo Bonhart is the cousin of some rich guy that of the the person that they just killed, like they we had been talking about. And so Leo Bonhart has got a group of just evildoers, new air duels that are going to be now hunting Siri. <laughs> I was blanking on a good a good word for right there. So narrow duels came. One. Yeah, definitely got a chuckle out of me. That's amazing. <laughs> so we're definitely getting some mother daughter vibes from Yen and Siri again. We're talking about them fixing their relationship. Yen hits Siri with the "I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed" line, and that's like you know number one line in parenting. Yeah, yeah. hate that, hate that line. Yeah. Um. What else? She keeps calling Siri my ugly one, and she's like, "Why do you keep doing that?" And she's like, "I told you I'd be would I would be honest with you from here yeah. on out." And I'm like, "Dude, what talk about you it. Be- backhand." <laughs> These two episodes were really we're getting back to the books. It feels like a lot of. Uh, the conversations like my ugly one a lot of the the plot drivers we get in these two episodes are very pulled from the book so it feels good finally getting into a territory that i you know feel comfortable talking about and you know seeing on the screen remembering the book details so right now we're kind of getting back on track of you know we're following where the books are at a little bit and i do like that i like that they call like in the the first episode we got the um dear friend my friend spiel and now we're getting the my ugly one that Yen is infamously infamously known for calling Siri in the books. I honestly just love seeing them interact because I feel like they haven't had incredible alone time on screen. I mean, season two, I know they were traveling together a decent amount, but they weren't really being themselves. Like Yen was pretending to be somebody else, didn't have her powers. And even Siri says that, like, like how you are so powerful. You how could you possibly understand not having like free will or something like that? You basically do whatever you want because you can do whatever. And that's when Yen's like, all right, let me show you my childhood. Let me show you some past visions of what I used to look like in her yeah. hunchback days. Yeah, hunchback Yen. I didn't know we would uh, be getting another glimpse of her, but it's crazy. Crazy to think about how <laughs> yeah. long ago that was because she walked up Hundreds to this field years. with complete grass and she was like, a house used to live here. And it wasn't even just one. It was like a whole, it was a few buildings. It was like a yeah. little town. And now it's just props to how old she actually is and how long she's been around. Do we know? Is that like a known thing? Or it's just kind of like Dave just said, like a nebulous, just hundreds of years. I I, I feel like there was a is. timeline, maybe like if you look it up, it's like three to five hundred years, maybe, but I feel like that also Long could time. be very Long high. Time. They said like 150, I think, earlier in the show, but that was a while ago too. So I mean, minimum Yen's probably like around 200 or something like that, which is <laughs> pretty wild. Think about, yeah. yeah, I mean, they even have the, uh, what is series chaperone's name? That's in the next episode, but he makes the joke like, you know, you know, they get their young age from bathing in human blood like all the time. Uh, yeah. It's just like, even though that's not true, they, they just, you know, undergo that quote unquote surgery that Yen did in season one. But it's just funny, all the rumors. But yeah. I mean, Siri has a little bit more respect for Yen now and views her in a different way. And that's kind of all we got for them in this episode. Jumping to Eratusa, though, we kind of get introduced again to Vilgaforts. We get Sabrina, Stregobor, Artorius, all these high mages uh, that I believe they're all in the Brotherhood. Artorius is such a sick name. You said that that last season, too. It's so so good. It literally sounds like a legendary Pokemon. Yeah, it it is great. We kind of get I think Sabrina is the mage for King Henselt, and they're talking about 
butting heads with other kingdoms because their supply routes are constantly getting attacked by the squirrels. So one king is saying, you know, King Foltest and his kingdom can starve because I'm not going to risk sending all my men on a caravan. So like shit's hitting the fan. And the whole point of the Brotherhood of Mages is so that they can keep the kings in check secretly, kind of let them think they run things. But the mage is actually doing shit behind the curtain and kings are losing faith in their mages because of all this stuff that they can't provide a solution for anymore. So yeah, the Brotherhood of the Northern Kingdoms is quickly going to shit, as well as Nilfgaard being on the rise in the south. So the north is just in a complete shambles, and they're just panicking at everything right now, whether you're mage or not, you know, just a regular king. I think that's like one issue that I have with the series as someone who's not familiar with any of the source material. It's just a, like it feels like locations and geography are just like very vague and i don't know where anyone is in relation to anyone else i don't understand how far things are from each other i don't know if like the war effort is advancing on a front like where that front may be and things like that and also they people just kind of appear places i mean listen i don't we don't need to see the months that they (laughs) are traveling together and things like that it's just kind of interesting i feel like they're all just kind of pops up places and they can teleport, obviously, right? Geralt With the can. portals, but like you need some help. Yeah. yeah, you need some help for someone who can. So that, I mean, I guess can explain it away. No, and like a I, headcanon in a certain way. But yeah, it, it does feel weird. Like the geography and you know locations and all that kind of stuff is is not quite clear to me. I totally it's agree. It's not clear in the books either, really. <laughs> like, they, we get a map in the first page as like most fantasy books, but beyond that, it never really explains distances yeah. at all. We we had that whole debacle in season two where a lot of book fans were like, yo, Geralt just was here one scene earlier, gets on a horse and is here like across the map in less than a day like this literally doesn't make sense and so like i don't think the writers even understood like the maps and distances and shit like that either at points so i I just i I mean just a casualty of what needs to happen to make a tv show i guess at times so it's kind of what it is they did have a good scene in season two where they had istrid like circling towns and areas and kingdoms on a map real quick so you got one quick shot of it but they didn't really go beyond that I think in Shadow and Bone season two, they actually had a really nice transition of them traveling and just doing the Indiana Jones like map, like yeah. line uh, of path. And, you know, as cliche as it is, it's helpful and around for a reason because it helps yeah. the viewer get everything Yeah, I just down. think it kind of lets you be immersed in the world a little more. At least that's my opinion. I could maybe see the opposite side of the coin of like it feels more realistic of, of not knowing maybe. I don't know, but. I also that. get it backwards. It's just like Game of Thrones. Like the the threat was emanating from the north, but in this True. in this show, the the threat emanates from the south. You know, like it's it's backwards. Yeah, that's yeah, and I guess yeah, I don't even ever really think of Nilfgaard where it is. Why I always think like it's north for some different. Reason. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting point. But I'm also putting this on the board because of the transition into this Vilgaforts and Tesea scene that Vilgaforts is going to be the guy that's like weaving the web from the shadows, whatever, with like the dark Rian's magic and things like that. It just like felt like, I mean, maybe it could be a red herring, but I'm going to bite and fall for it maybe. But it was just like, they're talking about who it could be. And then the, the, the next scene is his face. And I was like, yeah, okay. okay Plan <laughs> that seed. So I'll take that easy bait and guess that. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally not really saying anything. He's asking a lot of questions. 
even when they walk in of Sabrina and Stregobor yelling at each other. Yeah. Um, he's more asking questions than and, and kind of like trying to get anything done. Well, we know that he's shady character. Yeah. After season one. Yeah. I mean, season yeah. one, he, he, he has like that moment of evilness in the Kills battle. His own guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he seems like he's checking th- most of the boxes needed to be that person from the shadows. So, I mean, even from my perspective, like excluding my book knowledge, like my two guesses would probably be either Vilgefortz, Stregobor. Like, I don't think it's one of the female sorceresses there. Like, I don't think it would be to say like she's too high up in the mage. Whoa brotherhood but it would be a good it would be a great twist if it was to say it but yeah, that would be crazy. my my eyes would definitely be like just from a show watching perspective i think it would be vilgeforce or stregobor as of right now because jigstra is like he's a slimy guy but i think he we've seen so much of him being anti nilfgaard that it just it can't be him i don't yeah. think that's my thoughts yeah i'm team vilgeforce well okay i'm not team yeah. <laughs> but i'm team it's him yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's preaching unity. You know, he wants everybody to stay together. Stragabor is preaching about just finding this girl, Siri, and killing her because that will solve the giant hunt and imbalance of power to kingdoms that would cause if one kingdom actually did get her. It's honestly not a, like an incredibly unreasonable take. You I mean, know, if you had no attachment like, to her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, if you're looking at the whole chessboard... I think that's yeah. definitely not yeah, that's a what, crazy thing to say. It's kind it's of what, what Yen's been talking about to Siri too the whole time is like you save this one person, but then you end up killing hundreds. But like th- it's the opposite in this situation. It's like if you kill Siri, you could end up saving thousands, millions of people, beings in that world. So it's interesting that they bring up this conversation after Yennefer is so insistent on Siri. Like there are consequences to saving people. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I think, an interesting way that the show is like giving that information to us. Yeah. And you know who doesn't give a fuck? Geralt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't give a fuck. Neutral, baby. He doesn't. Uh, In a way, it's kind of what Emperor Emir did season two when he killed the elven baby. He was like, oh, yeah, we killed one kid. But, you know, look at all the problems we solved just by doing it. Oh, my God. I forgot that happened. Yeah. So oh God, and, that was so fucked up. And the elves are just like working for Nilfgaard right now. They love Nilfgaard. They have no idea yeah. he was the one that actually killed the baby, blamed it on Redania, and killed all their kids, which zero backlash from, which I don't get. <laughs> like, how is again, I don't see Francesca being redeemable after murdering innocence. But anyway, to go to Triss, Triss just goes to check on this one student, Nissa, and finds blood kind of streaks on the wall. We didn't really get an answer to that. I guess that's just a mystery going forward. I guess with the information of episode three, we can assume that she was taken to be yeah. one of these series, Siri imposters. Yeah, is, my, is how how I took it. Like Nissa was captured. Like whoever is in R two is doing that is kidnapping these girls and imprisoning them to become Siri imposters, essentially. And Nissa was yep. one of them. Even though we met, what's her name in episode Tamir or whatever her name yeah. was, Taryn or whatever. Taryn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we get her name in like the the story that she was taken from Aratusia yeah, in episode three. Yeah, so I think Nissa is just one of those girls. Like maybe she's already dead. Probably. Yeah, just for like a breadcrumb drop. Yeah. Okay, boys. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. We're watching the same show too, baby. Uh, last episode, I said that Vilgefortz and Tiseo weren't together anymore. Totally misspoke. They are still together. <laughs> uh, they were sweet talking in the bedroom, yeah. and he was telling Vilgefortz that Yen is on her way. I don't think she gives him all the details, 
She just said, Yen is coming home. I know you guys didn't really get along back in the day, but, you know, I hope you can let bygones be bygones. He we throws get- that L word around, baby. Oh, he says fucking she, snake. Yeah, she, me and her share something else in common. I love for you. Yeah, I was like, all right, risk it. distract, <laughs> distract. Yeah, while well, he's lying through his teeth. I don't know. It would be interesting if he like actually did like love her. Yeah, you know, type of deal. And then maybe and you're saying this from the perspective of he is like the big bad yeah, kind well, of. Yeah. Well, yeah. now at this point, I'm operating under the certainty that he is the big bad because mm-hmm. when we make predictions, we fly with them. Uh, he also is wearing something that has stones of a protective ability that he was saying. We didn't get a whole lot on that. I don't even know if that's anything. Just kind of planted that. Shady. Uh, it's what it is. Yeah. And then to say goes to meet Yen. We got Dijkstra and Philippa real quick. That was a weird scene. BDS. Thank you. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was that supposed to be sexual for him? It seemed like it was for her, but I thought it was more of like a. Like I'm a terrible person and like I actually need to be punished kind of thing. Like not a sexual thing, but for her it seemed sexual. I really had no this scene came out of nowhere for me, to be honest. I don't know at how first, necessary it was, but <laughs> at first it felt like like he was actually getting punished. And I was like, What is going on right now? And yeah. He was like he was like into it and I was like, Whoa, what the hell is going on right now? Because he was talking about the story was that like I guess his first kill was this elven woman who he didn't mean to kill her. He actually wanted to keep her alive because it would have been more useful for whatever, you know, experiments they were doing, whatever social fuck it, whatever. But it sounded like he actually that kind of shows his like, I guess, darker side that he actually was twisted in the thought process of I'd rather have kept that elf alive because it would have been more useful to us rather than just killing her, which yeah. is definitely fucked up, obviously. Definitely felt like it was in some way erotic for him. Okay. And he did I, mention yeah. at the end too that like yeah you went a little bit harder this time or whatever and he, yeah. she was like I am the way I took it I honestly kind of saw it as like a form of therapy for like clarity of thinking because <laughs> the the way she was like asking forcing him to ask questions and or answer these weird questions they were almost mm-hmm. like philosophical in a way and at the end he's like oh thank you I can always count on you to like make sure I have yeah. clarity and I didn't like take that. it as sexual I didn't really take it that way like interesting. Yeah, because yeah, as we know, more like uh, like hot ones, <laughs> like you yeah. inflict like that level of pain in yourself. Yeah. Put them on the spot. I don't know, but then they, hard but then questions. they have that that scene later on where it does feel like they're kind of like in love a little bit. Maybe uh, it was I can't tell from right here, Kyle. What do you think? Do you think there's a, a love interest between Philippa and Dick, Dick Shirt, or do you think it's purely just professional? No. Yeah, I think they're just their business. Plus, we see Philippa having Bang intimate and- relations with another woman, so. Yeah, very politically uh, correct of you, Dave. <laughs> intimate relations <laughs> in the marital bed. On the, no, on the marital carpet. Sorry. Anyway, Philippa is saying that Dijkstra, you got to keep Vizimir more in line. Maybe we, we can actually get Radovid to help you. And Dijkstra's like, I'm not going to fucking get this idiot's help. Like, he's such a loser. He doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Fucking hates him. Yeah. At the table, Radovid kind of shows up after Vizimir's like entertaining all of his guests with crazy stories and actually informs them about Yaskir telling Radovid all about Rienz and maybe looking into it. This is at the dinner table. Radovid also tells Dijkstra about Vizimir's secret meeting with Nilfgaard. And then Dijkstra is like really thrown off for a second because he's like, yeah, Vizimir doesn't keep any secrets from me because I am his master of spies. And that would just be ridiculous if he kept anything from me. Radovid was like, well, 
do you know about the meeting with Nilfgaard? And he was like, what? So that was a little a little strange for Dijkstra. And then we still, also, put, still want to put it out there that I love Radovid. I think Radovid's a great character. He, I feel like, is an interesting where it's we're thinking and they kind of tell us that he's more capable than he lets on but also he kind of like i said earlier gets dumped on in episode three so it's like okay is he not actually so it's kind of like the question with him is like where is the needle actually like where he got dunked on this episode him? too by jickstra yeah. you get put in place that's not oh, i guess was that sure. next episode yeah, he plays above the rim and he plays hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous He's a beast. Uh, anyway, we get Applegat show up really quickly. We just see him and Vizimir gets all happy, but that's kind of it for now. We are going to jump to Geralt and Yaskier. Woo! And we just get them coming out of a fresh hunt. You know, Geralt's holding the heart of a beast. Yaskier's saying like, oh man, it's crazy how they're so cute and tiny and cuddly and fuzzy and all of a sudden they can kill you. This I was thinking thing. of like the Five Nights of Freddy character. I don't know if you guys know that game or are familiar yeah. with it, but like that, it's like a teddy bear with multiple teeth and that's kind of what popped into my head <laughs> so they are going to Codringer and fen which is the informant duo really cool in the I, books? yes yes which yeah. i loved because i think they portrayed them very well i mean their office is supposed to be like that just papers everywhere scrolls piled up together just information upon information and i think they nailed it too which the way they looked in this whole scene where he's like throwing that throwing star at Geralt with that deal that's like directly from the books too and um i was nervous they were gonna like include things like this but i feel like after season two they're like go to the books you can't fail yeah, we, just... need, we need to go back to the books baby there's no harm in doing that Definitely. that'll please all the fans uh so they learned that rience was kicked out of bon ard which was another sorcery school so he's a rogue mage um he does the deal and is like hey if I don't flinch, like, can you give me the information <laughs> and stuff like that? And when Godringer throws it, he's like, dude, you didn't even flinch. And Geralt's like, why do I flinch? I heard you aiming to miss. And I'm like, how yeah. the fuck? And she it's, says something too. I guess Fennet is like under her breath about how he's just like, you know, soft. Yeah, that's what it, the word I was looking for. <laughs> that was funny too. So they tell Geralt that Rience is on the leash. Of somebody somebody more powerful but they don't know who the owner is they only know that the leash leads to a castle called vulapan vulapan near the scarlet ammonite mines in the outskirts of piano so a lot of more geographical terms that might not mean anything yeah just but places this is just what he saw out the window last episode <laughs> And that's and, what, I mean, part of the issue, I guess, because I was as we continue with this bucket, like he just goes there and then he just yeah. comes back. I feel like for like when I think of fantasy, like I keep referring to Game of Thrones because I mean, that's the, the peak, the almost peak of fantasy TV. But in Game of Thrones, I feel like when they mention places, you know, you get a little bit of the history when you get there, uh, like King's Landing, like you get told of like the wonders of King's Landing. You see it in person and like they really kind of go into detail of the cities, whereas here they're like, oh, they're at this location. And, like you get there and it's like as long as it's not like one of the major, major cities like Aratusa or something like that, like they kind of just it's just swept right under the carpet, which it yeah. does hurt them a little bit for sure. Honestly, the only location that has any level of gravitas is definitely Aratusa, everyone and care more and probably through that because yeah. everyone else feels like we could be anywhere yeah like it's just a market in a city that Absolutely. city could literally be anywhere on the continent definitely i would yeah. agree with you on that yeah and i think why game of thrones was so successful is i'm not even kidding their banger of a theme song 
and the intro of showing the map, showing the cities, yeah. and giving just a general idea of locations. I mean, get a banger theme song. People aren't going to want to skip, and then they're going to see that. And, and I mean, it was realistic, too. Like, they would, we would see people traveling. Like, the events that would happen on those, like, days of travel would be relevant to the story overall. So, like, it was just, it felt like we were actually experiencing it everything going on with them whereas here like we're just jumping around a little bit we don't have a sense of time or anything yep. it's just things are happening i think that's just my probably as a we're spoiled a noob yeah we're that's spoiled. probably my biggest issue potentially with the show it kind of bleeds into other things like i'm saying it doesn't it feels less immersive i think because of that which obviously is its own issue that can lead to other things but but i mean when it gets when the show's good when it's fucking Geralt fighting shit it's fucking good <laughs> yeah. like it's good <laughs> that's where it makes its money yeah and I, I mean this was a good mm-hmm. fight I, that was an interesting and again i guess i'm just gonna ask like i'm assuming that monster was from the books as well whatever that like i don't remember that one of bodies and girl that, heads that one was a fucked up monster i personally yeah. I don't paul can maybe paul's a little bit more knowledgeable than no. me in this stuff but i don't really remember it but no, that was a I, fucked up monster the fact that like the women's heads were like still connected to their bodies like yeah, they knew they were conscious but they couldn't control the body, but they could feel the pain yeah. of the bodies. Like that was the oh, that was messed up. I thought. Yeah, was like, sorry, Paul. Go ahead and explain if you've seen this monster before. I was just gonna say I had, <laughs> and it was absolutely crazy. It was yeah. weird because the heads were like saying shit. Like he's always he comes, he's always comes, and that's what the girl was saying. So like we're thinking like okay, so if they fail in this brainwashing, do they turn into like this headless, non-headless? amalgamation or whatever yeah i've never seen it but it was crazy that was a fucking good word (laughs) yeah hearthstone baby um anyway back to codringer and fen Geralt is leaving and fen drops a line give our best to the elder blood princess which is like basically like winking at him like hey we fucking know what you're who you're traveling with i don't know why she said that i guess trying to like tease more information to help him more so like you know just like kind of telling him like hey people are like aware that you're traveling with this important person and like we even know of it i think that's mm-hmm. kind of more so what it is yeah. and i'm they kind do. of also maybe maybe basing that off of the books a little bit because i feel like in the books they had a like a deeper relationship you know like they were actually like it it, sh- it felt like they were closer friends you know yeah definitely but here they do kind of give a warning so that is to your point, Dave, Codringer does kind of say, and this was right from the books, a time of contempt is approaching, deep and utter contempt. So he's just saying, stay out of it, stay neutral, because shit's about to hit the fan. And Geralt's like, sorry, man, I will not, I will not pay for what I love by having contempt for myself. And just walks out. And like, that's a goosebumps walk away for all our new girl fans out there. That was a good line. So we get Yaskier kind of getting Geralt to say, hey, slow down. Maybe you shouldn't go to Rience. Maybe we should go to Redania and just think about this. Geralt's like, I have to go get Rience Yask. And I was, <laughs> I just started cracking up because that's the first time I heard Yask, like a, yeah. a nickname for Yaskier. I just, I don't know. I just started laughing when I heard that. <laughs> so they actually end up splitting. Yaskier goes back to Redania to talk to Radovid. When he walks in, you can hear somebody in the background whisper, it's the dandelion. <laughs> yeah that was that was a cool shout out there yeah his name is dandelion in the books um yes gear is trying to get money from radovid to get cod and fen to spill all of their secrets because yes believes 
they know who Rienz is working for, but aren't actually telling them. And Radovid's like, all right, yeah, I got some money, but first you got to sing. <laughs> and what did you ask you to do after saying, oh, I'm not in the mood to sing. I don't do pretty, blah, blah, blah. He charms the pants off of everybody. Yeah. Dude, the sexual tension is through oh, the roof. I am now confirming that there is definitely sexual. I mean, it was what was her name? Uh, between like the the girlfriend or Vespula? whoever. Vespula literally says like you have a crush. Like there is sexual tension yeah. here for sure, and I think our bard is a little confused as well. Yeah, it was heavy in episode two. Like, yeah. I feel like Radovid would like say something and then just like hold the most intense eye contact. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my god, dude, settle down. And he's got like a little sexual smirk going yeah, the whole time does. too. He definitely does. Um, and yeah, he's he almost cracked Yaskier. I'll be honest. It seemed like Yaskier's heart was saying yes, but his mind was saying no. Anyway, I also really liked the little conversation as Radovich trying to say. You know, oh my God, I'm speechless. That song was amazing. Yaskier's like, all right, can you drop the act? I know you're not drunk. I, like, it's all in the eyes. I see that you're all together. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Radovid, Radovid is is definitely a lot smarter than he's giving the facade to everybody else that he's this drunk buffoon that just wants to bang and party, but he's actually got low key intentions. I mean, it's interesting too. That's kind of a like an interesting parallel to Yasker himself. I mean, he kind of like in the show, a very high level view of his character is just that he's like, you know, the comedic sidekick, but I feel like he obviously has like a lot more depth to him than just the womanizing bard. And he even says it kind of in the scene when he's like, you know, when you play in whatever, like the dark taverns or whatever, like you learn how to, you know, kind of be observing, keep your wits about you and things like that. I just liked that aspect of his character is getting like a specific call out because that's cool makes him feel way less useless in the long run yeah radovid says he'll dig around and find out more about Rience. and as yaskier is walking away he drops the line does the witcher know how lucky he is to have you and that's like the confirmation right there i mean oh, if, yeah. if, if the sexual tension earlier like of the eye contact didn't confirm it this line pretty much does he wants to smash so hard jumping back to Geralt, though he walks up to the castle and he, I love him just talking to Roach. He's like, it's probably a trap. <laughs> and he just like pulls out a sword and walks in. It's so funny. I mean, he knows he doesn't have a fucking choice. So he's just going to get yeah. after it. Like only he knows how to do, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, he pops that potion. Love that they're showing him. Yeah, go that's all cool. Dark eyes and everything. And yeah, helps the little girl out of the web cocoon thing. Just absolutely wild. We even had Codringer and Fen earlier say, I forgot to bring it up say hey somebody has to die so either give up the girl or maybe have another girl with ashen hair and green eyes die and he's like no i'm not gonna do that so all of a sudden he stumbles into this lair and this chick who has ashen hair and green eyes wakes up and is convinced that she is siri and it's like i know you're gonna come garrett's gonna come and i was like what the fuck so what were your first (laughs) thoughts here I don't even know what I was thinking. It was such like a crazy kind of ending to the episode. I guess the idea of when we learn kind of what it is is pretty crazy that, that like that is a level of magic that's possible. I guess whatever that woman's name is, Annika, I believe. Yeah, Annika mentions like the skill needed to do it, but yeah, I was just like, show, I was just so unexpected that that's how she was acting. I, I don't know maybe what I was expecting. I just thought she would just whatever be like a scary little girl. And then she was like pulling out all this shit. And I was like, whoa, this is totally going to be an issue. The Asian gray hair and the green eyes were one thing. But then when she's like, I'm serious, like, 
fuck yeah, like that was weird click right in that next episode Easy. <laughs> yeah Easy. that was definitely yeah. that was definitely a good way to end that episode because it definitely threw Geralt completely off too like he had no idea what the fuck was going on there yeah yeah well he, he was just like okay we'll save this chick we'll get her going and then she said that and I, you just like feel internally like the sigh he was like oh my god like <laughs> yeah. now this is a thing <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> he like goes up against crazy monsters doesn't really get startled but when she was like i'm i'm siri he like stood up and like stepped back like shocked and he, that's like that's girl this is one weakness man is siri and, <laughs> just and another Yen. problem on the plate yeah yes yeah if, if the fucking fate of the universe wasn't enough that's just basic like that. that's basically the games which are three and it's fucking hysterical because everybody's like Geralt's main persona is I don't want to get involved with everything unless I have to. I only do monsters. But in the games, you're like talking to everybody, sticking your nose in everybody's business to get quests. And that's kind of what this show is. He's like going along and shit is just getting thrown at him and he has to deal with them one after another. So we get some quick scenes with some characters that we'd left back in season two. Um, we get Emir, Emperor Emir, picking up his sword, talking to his dwarven blacksmith. Um, not a whole lot going on there. They just kind of talk about the usurper a little bit. They're kind of foreshadowing more conversations about that and just saying, hey, when I take over, you're going to craft me one of the best swords ever fit for a king. His like, like personality it. is, and I'm sorry to step over you, Dave. No, you're good. Feels like incongruent almost with his reputation. And probably that's on purpose. It's just like, I don't know, he doesn't feel like like such like an imposing character and that's that kind of goes into what i was i want to say here is that i like that we're getting these shots of amir just interacting with his army and just people within his court because i'm fairly certain if i'm correct me if i'm wrong paul in the books i don't think we ever we never get shots of like him like what his thoughts are really like maybe one or two throughout the entire series but i feel like we never get these shots of him you know what he's actually doing in the north who he's interacting with what he's actually doing and i feel like this if we get more of these kinds of moments of him this will definitely help him develop as a villain like we can see the two sides of the coin that he's kind of playing here because i mean you see that he has a little bit of like honesty to him like he's willing to share these like deep stories with uh his blacksmith but but then you think of him in the court when he's scolding fringilla and kahir and how ruthless he was there with killing the baby like he's showing these kind of dual personalities and i hope with these scenes we get that more fleshed out if we do get more because again in the books we don't really ever get him just chilling on the throne and seeing what his daily life is like yeah we the emperor emir scenes in the books are far and few between and they purposefully don't give us too much information when we get his perspective because it is a secret who he actually really is i guess yeah that's a thing too that the reveal was so late mm -hmm. that we don't get it for the first like couple books you know yeah exactly so um it is interesting to get the full-fledged perspective in the show um but i just it stinks for the show watchers that they can't get that crazy mind-blowing twist at the very end but I don't know. Maybe read the books and try to forget and it'll blow your mind again. Yeah, great advice. <laughs> <laughs> we get go back to uh, Fringilla, who, as Dave said, season two, Emperor Emir banished Fringilla and Kahir to the dungeons pretty much and to face punishment. And Fringilla's punishment is to be a poison taste tester for wine. Yeah. I mean, so she's be just... the this wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? They're definitely know. 
there could be worse tasks. I mean, you're definitely bloated every day of your life with how much alcohol you're intaking, but it's at the same like, time, you're just like constantly on the edge of death. Yeah, like yeah, it's literally like mentally it would be so draining. I guess, yeah. Like you get to the point of like honestly, I fucking hope this. Well, that's what the alcohol is for. I mean, you just yeah, get so right. fucked up and you're just like, all right, here's each glass is <laughs> this is the last point. one, you know. That's a good point. She did make a that was a great escape though. Oh yeah. That I was think very it was very resourceful. Yeah. A little confused. A little confused about how they go in and she's not there on the table, <laughs> and they're just Fair like, We'll just take this body. But you know, fuck it, whatever. Interesting. I thought it was funny when they like they just through her yeah and yeah it would have been funny if it was just like oh <laughs> like yeah like you think you would have gotten some something out of you yeah. she's like at that tree and that stack of bodies and like i, I would have been like Ugh. i was thinking the same thing like they threw her pretty fucking hard too and she landed yeah. i was like where's the noise here <laughs> she's been drinking so much wine when she lands it forces a fart out of her and then all of a sudden <laughs> It's the American dad thing, Paul. It's like you get so drunk when you fall, you don't feel anything. Like your body just goes <laughs> limp. So it's okay. There you go. Yeah, they said, "Oh man, the wine makes them heavier," and that was their excuse for picking up one body that was actually two bodies. But okay, <laughs> I thought it was still funny. Yeah. Interesting escape. Um, mm-hmm. and then we only got two more other characters for this episode. Um, we got Kahir in the forest in Tamaria, I believe, and he <laughs> exactly. is he is trying to protect the caravans that keep getting attacked or like in the front line of the army i don't even know at this point yeah he's but, basically just a, a grunt just he's supposed to throw himself at anybody yeah <laughs> so he's constantly fighting like day in and day out and uh gallatin the squirrel comes up apparently they have some history together this was the old friend that he fought so- side by side with i love that they just call each other like you, you stupid pointy and Galton's like you blunt eared bastard and like stuff like that. It's just such a smart little insult jab that would totally be a thing if oh, like yeah. ear definition was a thing. Kahir wants Galton to take charge of the elves, and Galton's basically telling Kahir Francesca isn't doing her job anymore. Maybe I should take you up on that. That was just really bonding it. over burying some bodies, you know, as bros do. Yeah. Just this some is- traitorous plots over uh yeah, over burying some bodies. That's just classic. Basically, Tony Soprano and, yeah. and, and Polly Walnuts just in a different universe. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then I just, finally, I, I was happy to, and I'm sorry to step over you, but I was happy to see here. Not even like beyond the fact that that's what we guessed it was going to be. It's just I like his character, so it's I'm mm-hmm. glad that he's now like kind of filling into a more prominent role again. Yeah. Obviously, he played a big role in season one. Excuse me, in season two. So he was that. like the prodigal son of that the emperor loved, disgraced, now mm-hmm. trying to get that honor back. It's, you know, it's a good story. Zuko. Yeah. Prince Zuko, yeah, baby. That's so funny. So that's literally exactly what I was going to bring up, especially <laughs> what happens in, in uh, episode three. Well, I'm curious also to hear what your thoughts on like what Kahir and Frangilla's future are, because, you know, what, uh, we'll start with Frangilla because, you know, Kahir clearly still has a bunch of loyalty for Amir and Nilfgaard himself, whereas Frangilla has now escaped the realms yeah. of Amir. So, like, what do you think her first plan is going to be? You th- Food. <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> course. Uh, yeah. In, in all seriousness. Some water and bread. I would assume, and she's going to have to go to her dad. It's her dad, right? Artorius is her dad. It might be her uncle. Her uncle. Either He's way. in Aratusa. Like, yes. I feel like that's got to be stop one. I feel like that's mm-hmm. my Maybe, thought but, uh, process is, is R2, dangerous, so. though? Is she like kind of a traitor technically? 
I mean, she did say <laughs> when she is, was in the dungeon. Yennefer did the same thing. She was a traitor and kind of went back to R2s anyway. But sorry, Paul. No, you're good. She did say when she was in the dungeon that she had another shot. She would play that game that she had way smarter and way slower because mm-hmm. she was way too gung uh, gung ho and you know coming in swinging when she was younger. Yeah. So she maybe she's going to play it slow and plot from the background for a little bit before she makes a, a return. Yeah, I could see it. And then finally, we get Rience this episode, sneaks his way in here. I honestly love, I didn't like him in the beginning of season two, but I love what he's become in this season, if I'm honest. He's grown on me a lot. I this love This was a actor. great scene. This was mm-hmm. a great scene. Goes into Codringer and Fen, threatens to burn the cat. I started freaking the fuck yeah, I out. Closed. I was like, dude, take Emily. I'll, I'll save the cats. <laughs> take my girlfriend. He walks out of the burning building and I'm, he's holding the cat. I'm like, thank God the fucking yeah. cat's alive. Like, who yet. cares about Cottering and her fan? Like, that the cat made, like made it. Yeah. He's not as ruthless as I thought he was as he's the screams are in the background of just burning yeah. humans. So, so funny, it just, uh, Philippa is just there on the log, just an owl hanging out. Yeah, yeah you saw that. Okay. I thought that was funny that she's just there. That threw me off for a second. Yeah, but we'll she, go um, into it, Paul. She says earlier when she's talking to Dijkstra, "Oh, like Codringer and Fen aren't involved in this. Maybe I'll have to pay them a visit." When she's talking to Radovid, so you do learn that Rience is actually doing the bidding of Philippa a little bit, but Philippa is pr- playing ignorant to Yaskier when she's saying all this other stuff. So she ends up watching Rience go and do all that and then she you see her fly in the portal real quick as Rience is leaving so you have to imagine that they now know of Geralt's plans I just was so shocked that Rience like didn't notice that a bird flew into his portal yeah. with him that was like the only thing I really had to complain about because at first when I watched it I was like why is Philippa with Rience like I took it as like they came together and then left in the portal together so I was a little confused but I guess yeah, she was just spying on him, and then he didn't even catch her flying to the portal at the same exact moment as him, which my only complaint, but I thought it was yeah. still really badass and adds a little bit more terror to Rience's character. Like, it feels like he's just kind of getting powered up a little bit and um, just a little bit more ruthless, especially now he has all these frustrations with his boss because he he's kind of in the gray of a lot of what the plan is and with his, him and um, what's her name again, Lydia. So frustration is oozing from Rience right now. Yeah, I don't know if he like knows that Philippa is there and they're working together. Philippa is just that good at sneaking around. I have no idea. To be I don't honest. think that they're working together. Yeah. Again, I feel like him and her and Dixie are just so anti Rience and Nilfgaard. I don't think that would be possible. But I mean, they did again. They left coincidentally very at the same time. So yeah, who knows? All right. Jumping into episode three reunion. Let's go. We are going to start with Yaskier at Vespulas. So after he just laid some pipe, he's doing some pillow talking, talking about how Geralt is a hammer and views every problem as a nail. And sometimes it was a great, great analogy, honestly. And Yaskier uh, is just saying, you know, I can be the solution that he, I can be the tool that he needs, you know, and I can create solutions that are easier. Um, and we also learn about his crush for Radovid that he, maybe he didn't even realize he had Vespula kind of like gave him that 
epiphany. And I also love that they're back together banging again after Vespula's throwing all the shit off the balcony yeah. two episodes ago. It's she just does say, too, fling. I feel like we questioned last episode if Yaskier is bisexual, like it was mm-hmm. it's like seduction from a man would work. But she says to him, like, I've like experienced you running around with women, men, dwarves, changelings. Did she Shannon specifically say men? I feel like she yeah, said men, women yeah. and then, okay. She I, I thought she was men. saying like everything but men. Like you've been with no. like, eight, like, you know, nah. weird creatures, women, <laughs> it, but not men yet. If it's but got it's cheeks, Yasky is trying to clap them is, is yeah, what I, I heard. That's for sure. He's pansexual, baby. Yeah, total respect. respect. And right as he's about to get back to that, Geralt shows up and interrupts yeah. it. Just again, just there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long was like? How long was? Is it like a day detour? Like a week detour? No clue. I mean, it, again, it, how important is it? Probably not incredibly important, but it's just I think of it every time. So, yeah, yeah. like it could be a, a possible problem later on that wasn't a problem here and there, and it's just like, well, yeah. a little consistency would be good. But like, who knows? Maybe they'll do a better job going forward. But. He shows Yaskier the girl that believes she's Siri. Um, she was experimented on, and they are taking her to this woman, Annika, a druid, and a friend of his mother's, who is Vicenna, who they dropped that name earlier. Um, they kind of show up. No, I just want to say, again, just as a book reader, just very interesting that we're getting so much more into Geralt's mother's backstory when, again, maybe I'm misremembering this, but I just feel like she was almost irrelevant honestly in the books like so i actually like this take that we're kind of exploring a little bit more of Geralt's uh backstory a little bit more definitely so otto shows up first she says he smelled Geralt coming from two mountains away which is awesome he is a werewolf who was hiding from the plague out in the forest the plague of 21 and yeah that was got, fun made me laugh got bitten <laughs> of uh by werewolves yeah, that's like, a good story. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you were in like you know 140 the year, you would have still said like 130 was probably the 30s. You know, it's yeah. just funny to think about it like that. Yeah, Garrett was hired to kill him, but instead he found auto a cure to his Classic. werewolfism and just Garrett being the good guy. Classic. You know, constantly trying to save lives. He's just a beast. We get that relationship t- with Annika to Garrett's mother, Annika was at the tower of truth or something like that the temple of truth mourning um, but there was a fire annika was there for Vicenna, but otto was there for his wife and children that's where they met i don't know how important this is going forward were these characters in the books i don't even remember not oh they were i think they were i actually i think i remember uh, uh maybe maybe i'm misremembering I mean, different they characters. were they weren't important they do, to remember. <laughs> that was a because, roller coaster <laughs> well because i guess i'm just confusing it because siri and Geralt are just you know they're always bouncing from place to place and running into just like kind of like yeah. side characters so i'm just mm-hmm. probably grouping them with another random group of people that they run into in the books yeah i mean Geralt obviously knows a lot of people yeah being means. around for a hundred yeah. plus years whatever yeah yeah you start to stack some names and some friends <laughs> But this chick's honestly pretty powerful because she looks at the girl, realizes that it's a mind control enchantment, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of druidic magic, and even elder, elven elder sorcery. So there's a bunch of different types of magic involved in this shit. And she's like, I don't even know anybody smart enough to learn 
two of these, let alone all three, because it takes unbelievable years of learning um, and experimenting. So she's like, this is absolutely crazy. But she still somehow is able to figure out a solution to it, which just puts some respect on her name. And she gets an extraction potion is what she calls it. So waiting for this girl to wake up. Geralt tells Yaskier that Yarpin ratted and yeah. and Yaskier and saw Yaskier talking to Philippa. What is it? Yaskier finally comes clean, tells Geralt what he was trying to do, trying to get them to settle down in Redania. And Yaskier's like, dude, I'm not even mad. Just tell me what's going on to be truthful. And I love that he doesn't get mad. Yeah, I also like it. It's just out there now. It felt weird and uncomfortable that Yaskier was like hiding, like having this secret thing. Yeah. So I just like that it's now out there in the world. Yes, you feel better personally. <laughs> that is not going to bite them back in the butt. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah, like at least at, at the worst, better. yeah, worst way possible. <laughs> yes, gear gives Geralt the epiphany of like the source, and all of a sudden he's like the source from Number Nine, or what was that yeah. movie called? The Numbers Mason. <laughs> what do they know? That too, you can do the numbers. <laughs> source. Anyway, um, he goes in, starts just shaking. Taryn just like wake up wake up tell me all this I'm like dude Carol, what are you doing brother she's trying to recover but he's like what's the source tell me the source Uh, all of a sudden she gets pretty senile for a second she's telling Geralt about the woman with the funny voice and Geralt's asking if there was also a man with a scar on his face she doesn't really get all the details out she knew him from Aratusa though so as you guys were saying she was a student there that got taken it was taken by somebody that you knew all of a sudden she gets like possessed by another voice and saying like stupid witcher you're doomed and you don't even know and you don't even know it i'm series destiny the destroyer of nations is upon us and all of a sudden she starts fucking doing out magic annika gets hit amulet gets stolen off auto so he's changing and honestly made me laugh when he like starts to change and then it just camera just goes to her and she's just holding it laughing yeah (laughs) it was was pretty cool my only comment here is she when before she gets possessed she does use the pronoun he right like he always terrified me the most yeah so again i don't know i think that's referencing the master and not rians correct yeah, so I think that, that already talking about Vilgefortz. So they, yeah, just definitely, yeah. I'm just trying to basically get to the point. Yeah, Vilgefortz is the one, but <laughs> at the end of the day, we do know it's a, a, a guy mage that is the one pulling the string. So that still does leave Vilgefortz, Stregobor, potentially Jigstra. You know, in an odd twist, that would be. Um, so our men are the the options here. Annika ain't dead. We find out she just got knocked out, but. She would have died if Otto didn't make a potion quickly enough. You know, really cool little detail. Otto's just basically a protege now. Get a little bit more details on Geralt's mom. The Destroyer of Worlds, too. Yes, Destroyer of Worlds. Interesting nickname. Really cool nickname. It's a good one. one. With the going on to Geralt and his mom, I did not expect to see him cry. I I don't think anybody did. That was wild. That was quite interesting that that happened i was like i just said basically i was not expecting that at all and they do i guess you kind of talked about it and answered my question almost of like how much how important is his mom in the books i feel like they've tried to make it like somewhat of a thing because it was definitely i feel like i remember it was big at the end of season one right yeah when he's like in and out of like Like she saves him i'm pretty sure i don't know if that was a vision or like her actual self but exactly when she's on those drugs tripping yeah 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 
So I've it seems maybe he's it's playing a bigger role in the show. Got mommy issues, man. <laughs> Don't we all? Well, <laughs> this is crazy because Annika was saying that Vicenna. I'm sorry, Geralt was telling Annika that Vicenna would use her magic to create elaborate meals that they couldn't afford, and I don't believe that I knew that Geralt's mom was able to use magic. I think that was the first drop of it. Interesting. I, guess I'm I can't remember too of like how could they ever be hungry then if she could just make magical food? I, you need the source. Maybe it was, I was going to yeah. say the source. Well, I was also going to say maybe it's a, just illusion magic. Maybe it was just like a small piece mm. of like bread that she would just be like, all right, here's a fancy ass meal. Mm, but it was that's just a good point. Yeah, that is Who a knows? good point. No, I totally understand. That, yeah, illusion magic gets used in this very episode. So, <laughs> yeah, like true. <laughs> how could you be poor and homeless if you can use magic? But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He went to get water one time. He came back. She was gone. And Annika is trying to say that she got her pack of six, man. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, Annika's trying to say, you know, it wasn't the only choice, but it was a choice she made. She was trying to save him. And, you know, Garrett won't abandon Siri, though. Just he won't do what his mother did. And he won't abandon Siri, even if it costs him his life. So he says, hey, can she stay here while I go to Eretuza? It was an interesting line. When she says, um, when she's talking about like how parents would ever make decisions, impossible decisions, and they, you know, they probably think about it for the rest of their lives. Obviously, I'm not a parent, but I have parents. And that's just kind of like it made me think larger than the show context. It just like was a thought provoking line that kind of got a reaction out of me, just kind of thinking about that from my parents' perspective, which is interesting. And it's fun when, when you watch TV or movies or read books and they, they make you think about your own life like that. So, just want to give a little hat tip for that line. <laughs> That's kind of the end of Geralt that we get for this episode. We're going to jump over to Yen and Siri. They walk into a dwarven bank, and we get introduced to Giancardi, head of the Giancardi Bank. Yen ends up saving this guy earlier, and this guy owes everything to Yen now. Such a beautiful, better than an angel, Yennefer Vengerberg. So it was funny that day, like he was telling the story to her. I did too. I'm like, dude, that felt like why don't you just tell like, this to Siri? Yeah, I because I, I guess the scene opens up and he's talking, and you don't really like you're not actually like on that perspective yet if it's him talking to her. So I was like, okay, he's obviously just telling Siri about how they met, and then he's it just it was him talking to her, and I was like, why is he telling her this story? Yeah. I totally was thinking the same thing. It's like, dude, she was there. She <laughs> yeah, fucking knows what happened. It's just funny. It just made me laugh. So she gets Giancardi to lend her her his most secure vault. And also she gets a chaperone for Siri. His name's Fabio. Cool guy. Doesn't realize who he's walking around with. And no, he constantly is calling her like a little brat and stuff like that. I think it's funny. Uh, she yeah. still kind of is. Oh, not totally, totally wrong. Sure. Yeah. She's definitely a duck's arse or whatever he calls her. <laughs> <laughs> Yen puts a locator spell on Siri's talisman. Um, and then Yen goes to meet Taseya in the vault. She confronts Taseya about spreading the name of Siri to gain favor with the kings, which is exactly what she did. And Yen's like, yo, what the fuck? And Taseya just kind of deflects it. If I remember, she didn't really say like what she did. She was like, curry favor, like... I'm just trying to like play by like the rules or something, not keep everything from falling apart. I don't know. I just didn't think to say it could be excused for yeah trying to hunt down Siri. Maybe she didn't know Yen and Siri were together or something like that. I don't know. I like at this feel point, like that's got to be made it. like enough mistakes and bad decisions against other people that like grudges are pointless. 
but they do have that incredible line that to say has where yen is constantly saying i'll do whatever i need to do to protect siri and to say is like you finally did it after all those years of searching for a cure you became a mother and it's like oh that was that was, that was a feel-good moment for me I, I very much enjoyed that line yeah you also i mean i obviously meant that coming from john cardi wouldn't have meant nearly as much as it means coming from to say it too like that yeah. was the one character that needed to say that to her the beef was squashed with that one line i yeah, loved true. it true, 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 true. jumping over to siri and fabio He's just constantly passing out business cards. Giancardi Bank, keep it in your keep it in your thoughts. Yeah, that was good. Remember the name? Siri's just eating donuts, and he's like, "Dude, I've never seen anybody shove donuts down their face." It's just four <laughs> just of like, them. Yeah, and I'm like, "Dude, you don't know who you're talking to." That's Princess. Really. She's also... basically Chopper from One Piece. She she <laughs> loves sweet sweets. Shit. I remember in the books, yeah. she was also the same way. She she was constantly called a pig because she loved like just eating all the time. That's funny. I, I liked that. And I, again, this is like, I can see people rolling their eyes and getting mad at this, but it made me laugh out loud when he said that he was wheat intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can see people but... being like, oh, there's just inputting too much like pop culture or like, you know, because it's like whatever, like gluten intolerance is like a now in vogue thing in the past decade. But I literally made me laugh out loud when he yeah. said that. <laughs> He's woke way before woke. Yeah. Was uh, she sees a painting of Thanid Isle, uh, home to Aratusa and the Tower of the Gill. Gull, sorry, not the Gill. Stupid autocorrect in my notes. Torlara, that's just kind of foreshadowing. We've we've talked about it before, at least heard the name before. Um, and we've, you know, seen shots of Aratusa before too. So this is just emphasizing how intimidating that actually looks out in the sea, the big ass tower. Oh, it looks great. Just where is it? great point i don't even know <laughs> i don't know i know where it should be but i don't know where it is in the show um they might have showed us actually season one but i forget so he he tells her the rumor that he hears about oh i hear they at Aratusa they turn failing novices into eels so siri's like that's the place i'm fucking headed with yen right now like what the fuck and then all of a sudden we see like kind of like a freak show thing it's a come and see this deadly ferocious basilisk um, and, you know, Siri obviously pays to go in. She's like, yo, that's way too small to be a basilisk off the bat. This guy's fucking pulling our chain. He, he does say it's from the Zarekian desert. And, you know, that's probably a lie. That's just a shout out to like the Zarekians who I don't know if you remember them, but they were the bodyguards back in season one of like that golden dragon guy. They oh, were like okay. those hardcore warriors. They're really cool. Just another yeah, yeah. shout out to them. Oh, that's nice. And she starts talking to some chick about, you know, getting into trouble and what a basilisk yeah. is. And she didn't really lead to anything this episode. It's just like the pickpocketer that left Siri screwed and moneyless. Um, but of yeah, course, the, the guy, the knight, the quote unquote knight character was funny. But again, I don't know. It didn't. It was funny, but it's also like it's tough. Because the show is like, where does it actually want to go? Like, what kind of genre? It's not really the right word, but like, does it want to slide itself into? Like, does it want to? It kind of almost feels like it has both hands in like a darker tone, but also has like these like that felt like like MCU level comedy. Yeah, with that guy, and it's like okay, like I, it was amusing, but it's kind of like, does the show need that? And like, 
should it mm-hmm. do those kinds of things my only defense for this character is that i don't this kind of just kind of came to my mind right now is that maybe he was working with the girl that pickpocketed siri like using was causing yeah. a distraction for her like just trying to you know tell these fake stories of how valiant and smart and heroic he is and that kind of draws the eyes away but i i'm not 100 percent sure mm-hmm. but i agree it was definitely very corny and not necessary i guess I yeah. think well, it's just because it's like series being a badass and it's six scene. Yeah. But, yes. And it was That's, smart of her to be like, hey, this guy did it so that there's no attention on her for sure. And and to add to that, you know, this guy is obviously trying to impress everybody lying. He's like, stay back. I've killed like five of these things before. Yeah. Like basilis are crazy. They can kill you with their breath. And series like, dude, that's a baby wyvern. Like you have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. So so by doing that, it it shows one how little the public knows about monsters mm-hmm. to how smart she is and then you know three how good of a fighter she is after she tries to save it realizes you know it's coming to attack her there's nothing she can do she goes like where's my knife and then that pickpocket throws it to her i assume the pickpocket took the knife as well but it's yeah. just showing siri kill this wyvern just really it's just also- pumping her up it also emphasizes what again Yen was saying earlier on that no good deed goes unpunished, basically. And I think Siri is now she was already kind of seeing that a little bit with what she had did and how Yen explained it with saving the the kid in the last episode. But now she's again experiencing it here by killing, trying to save the wyvern, but then it backfiring and then causing potentially more people to who could have died from the wyvern and things like that. So she's really kind of seeing that come to fruition. And and yeah, Fabio is going to mean right hook. Yeah, that was that was a funny quote. I will say yeah. that was a good quote that he said. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's he knocks him out. He's like, John Cardi Bank, mind well the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. And the adrenaline just sets in. And as they're walking away, he was like, that was amazing. I'm going to get fired, but I don't care. That was sick. <laughs> but Paul, what do we think about uh, the girl being missile? You think that's going to be her? That's the vibes I was getting. Okay. And, and that's for what the I was book, thinking too. And the, she, she kind of times up with the book where oh, where she no, gets totally. introduced. Yeah, totally. She could be uh, a definite player later in this season. I don't know if it'll be you know within part one or if it's going to be all the way into part two. But she that is the vibes I was getting. So Plus, I feel like Siri has like even though she was pissed that she got pickpocketed, like there's got to be some level of respect that she got pickpocketed because she now knows that herself is a badass and shouldn't get pickpocketed so easily and if this random girl was able to do it then gotta throw some respect on her name yeah. it's a love interest potential we'll see it's a love interest i don't i didn't see any sparks flying though i definitely saw yeah. some fire in those eyes though for <laughs> murder and bloodlust yeah, yeah nothing turns me on more than just getting all my money stolen and then <laughs> yeah. watching them right away with it <laughs> people like uh, strippers and competence <laughs> yeah never fall in love with treasures pocket. <laughs> shout out to strippers <laughs> Dave just drops treasures shout out Las Vegas shout out Las no, Vegas. no free ads no free ads yeah true true <laughs> so she doesn't have any money she just tells Fabio yo I'm gonna be in trouble you should just run away fend for yourself all of a sudden we see this woman grab Siri and slaps her and it was like yo yeah. I am Mistress Lou Antill or whatever. You you will treat me with respect. And Yen comes up and he's like, Oh, sorry, that's mine. My bad. That's that's my ward. I'll take her off your hands and she'll show you more respect and shit like that. And all of a sudden, um, Sabrina and Tisea show up. So we find out that this 
other mage that grabs here. Her name was Rita. So it's a little uh, Eratus of Reunion going on right yeah, are now. They, I got the impression they're like in a town that's close to yes. Eratusa. Because it was like, yeah. why would why did this woman just assume that Siri was a novice? They're, they're basically in Eratusa. My, well, my thing for yeah. that is I assume that she thought it was maybe Nissa, but then like I'm thinking like, what if Nissa hurt? Like, what if the experiments were including like changing her hair color or eye yeah, color? Fair. But like, if it was coincidentally that she did have ash and gray hair and green eyes, then they were probably like, oh, this is the missing girl that's just wandering from school. But I feel like I had something else I wanted to say. Yeah, here, that was just something that remember. like caught my ear. I yeah of, it caught your I ear i guess yeah was just thinking of why did she immediately assume that and then i was like okay maybe they're just like close to Aratusa, so like it's the odds that a young girl but yeah, is around would probably be you know tied that they're novice they're close enough to the point where i'm pretty sure what basically what happens in the books which i don't think is totally explained well here is that the locator spell that series using basically like triggers the mages in Aratusa because it's like oh shit someone's using magic and they're just like we got to figure out what it is and they like mm. it's those two that show up and get serious so they're definitely within Aratusa range i don't Fair. again they don't tell us how far but that's what happens kind of okay we get this intense scene of to say a meeting siri she's like don't I talk don't, about eye contact uh, don't <laughs> you take your eyes off me don't you dare take your eyes off me that was fucking nuts and yeah, it's and then do we have any explanation for that? Like, was it Ciri's like o overwhelming power that caused her eyes to bleed, or was it something else? I have no fucking idea. I this is not something that I remember if it's a thing. But we did get Yen in a flashback having like a tear of blood go Didn't down her, her eyes eye? bleed when she was using the fire magic at Sodden Hill. Like, I don't know. <laughs> again, I don't know if there's a connection between Ciri's presence and looking to say in the eyes and yen casting fire magic but um, yeah that wasn't the first time is basically what i'm trying to say that we saw someone eyes bleed like itachi's i assume i assume <laughs> that that was kind of the point of it was just showing like i feel like to say it in that moment recognizes how powerful she is because of whatever the hell was going on internally so we jump right to aratusa all the mages are catching up they're in the spa they're wearing way too many clothes they were all Agreed. in their birthday suits in the books so i was like i don't understand i believe this wow. is rated uh tv mature why are we uh sure how are anything? how are his descriptions of naked bodies um sometimes they get real into it and then sometimes they don't i don't think he's honestly he's just it. like yeah he Never just naked. talks about how all the mages like have beauty as their number one thing and literally they try to get their cleavage popping and everything and hey so he he does describe he, i'm pretty sure the word breasts is used quite a bit <laughs> oh he's not a bosom guy he's a breast guy you know it, he might mix it up a little bit yeah so you gotta mix it up a little bit <laughs> i don't think he ever uses the term mommy milkers which mm, i don't know yeah. is a good one so that's probably cannons. why the books didn't do so well <laughs> yeah okay, fair. yeah the, it was translated from polish so maybe maybe <laughs> there was a little loss in translation <laughs> yeah okay, that's, that's exactly sense. what happened for sure <laughs> but yeah they are just treating siri as a mate it's like hey wine girl come come refill yeah. me and she's fucking up yeah right and siri's like not getting the right wine she's like you know what go fucking get it yourself then yeah so this, this like hazing that they do for like because i mean yen experienced the same thing when she was in a first apprentice i think it's just you're you're pushing them out like you wanted them so desperately to come to you and then you just treat them like such shit 
that they want to like run away and stuff and then you don't allow them to run away it's like where how does this work for anybody but i guess yen it's turned out all right like, yeah it's kind of more i guess just like a cycle of like it happened to me so like now that i'm in a position to do it to other people like i mean I that's exactly to, what quote, unquote, is yeah to like, take that revenge <laughs> so yeah yeah this conversation though that siri and yen have was awesome i think this is my favorite part of maybe even both episodes Siri brings up, I mean, she, she has the point. She's like, I came here to practice magic. I didn't come here to just be a slave to everyone and just get yeah. wine. So, and I'd like that she also called out Yennefer. She's like, you are one of the most powerful mages. And yet here you are putting up this fake personality in front of these mages. Like, why can't you just do what you want to do? And Yen clearly, it definitely hits hard for her. And she has no idea She's kind of now realizing, like, shit, maybe being a mother wasn't the best thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, you little bitch. <laughs> yeah. She's like, get used to being treated like a low-level novice. Like, this isn't Sintra. You're not a princess here. And I mean, I'm that was like, a good point, too, to be honest, as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was, those were sounds. They were both <laughs> making good points. <laughs> I have a little yeah. Jimmy moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. But, like, if you're looking at this child like she's your daughter i understand that you have to let her kind of be treated like a servant in order to blend in pretending to be their ward because they don't know she's yeah. princess yeah uh, they, literally even, they talk about her yeah there like in rita the room, she's like yeah rita's like, like that's so damn special about this chick yeah damn yeah. censured princess and so i think Tiseya is the only one besides yen obviously and we do get that line from Siri to Yen, just because to say I saved you doesn't mean you owe her for the rest of yeah. your life. And Yen comes back with, this is the version of myself that I need to be while I'm here. Like, maybe you need to find the version of yourself to survive here. She's like, I'm not Geralt. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be nice. She's like, of course you're not Geralt. He'll never sell his soul like this. Yeah. So like, I just don't know whose side. Yeah. I don't know whose side I'm on because they're I both know. like so right. <laughs> but they're also so wrong. I just don't know. I don't know who that I last line hit. Yeah, so yeah it hard. really did hit. She that, like she like took a she took a beat outside the door and was like, "Fuck." That's probably the only reason why I'm giving it to Siri is that line yeah. was just so delivered perfectly. I mean, it, it clearly hit her, Yennefer enough yeah. to the point where she meets with Tessa. Paul, if you yeah. take it from there, whoever gets the last word wins the argument. That's yeah, how pretty it goes. much. ninety yeah. percent of the time. So Yen actually runs away to talk to Tessa. You know, they're saying that Siri is basically the center of all this conflict. So if they want to unite the North, like they themselves must be united. The mages, that is. They're talking about how they're losing their relationship with the kingdoms they're suffering and how they're losing trust in them. Um, and they got to unite everybody if we want to get shit back on track. So what are they going to do? They're going to host a conclave of mages. They want everybody to come together, representatives from all over, just to talk and try to get on the same page. So they're going to try to bond everybody on the same team the uh shout out the hundred the conclave any of our og binge town fans out there 100 fans just wanted to give you guys a shout out as well yeah appreciate those og binge town homies yeah a little mid-episode promo <laughs> we so, got 100 on the podcast <laughs> while yen is trying to like appease to the kings and you know all that stuff get that plan going series like fuck that i'm just gonna run away so she just gets on a horse and she's like calling to Geralt and a talisman, I think. And I was a little confused about that because I don't think yeah. they talked about I think about it was that. just like her, you know, setting up a prayer, like just 
you know, I'm about to die. I'm, I wish Geralt was here kind of thing. Is that what like triggered the wild hunt? I don't think so. I think the wild, I think what triggered it was the fact that she was finally alone by herself and she was sure. just wandering through the woods that it was just a prime time for them to just come oh, down and try yeah. and kidnap Easy her. Bray. You know, Kyle, you might be right though, because when she does that, something does triggers where she hears whispers of like Geralt, like he's coming now and we'll meet again soon and kind of hears those. And right when she's running you know, away on the horse, you hear the thunder clouds. Also, what the fuck was that green screen of her on the horse? There was Dude, like a there's yeah, been some there has yeah, been some interesting good. green screens this season. I haven't yeah. I've clocked them a couple of times. That was one of them. It just I don't know. Sometimes it's so obvious. It took away from the scene. Yeah. If they just didn't have that in there, the show would be better. It didn't add anything for me, really. I don't know why they they must have known too, but whatever. I'm getting <laughs> they were like, uh keep it in. They won't notice. <laughs> fuck it. We need to add six seconds on to the episode time anyway. <laughs> But anyway, the thunderclaps start getting closer and the mist, the dark clouds start getting closer and who pops up with the wild hunt crazy. We hear somebody yelling, you know, Sorilla, like Princess of Zintria. And we get a name drop, too, if you have subtitles on. Yeah, it was Aridin, I think, right? Aridin? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, if I know you guys haven't, but for everybody who watched Blood Origin, at the very end of that episode four finale, we do get a little history into the wild hunt. We knew that character Aridin going in, and now all of a sudden we see him in the wild hunt. So it's like, okay, what happened in between all that time? And he was way back in the conjunction of the spheres. I believe that's all that blood origin was about. So I wouldn't recommend watching it, but if you want, just go watch the finale. It's just kind of like fast forward through some stuff. I mean, it's not a bad show. It's just, it seems so disconnected from The Witcher. It's like a generic fantasy four-episode epic. But anyway, Aridin, we get a little bit of backstory behind him, which he loved to have. So Wild Hunt comes down. Uh, they kind of talk a little bit. Yes, we are corpses, but you are death itself. Come join us. Like, holy shit, what does that mean? And in comes Geralt on Roach, shooting the art sign everywhere, pushing him Legend. away. And a small piece of bone and armor are left over, which Siri realizes, oh, my God, they were real. They weren't just illusions. They were really here. I really like this because I feel like even in the books, I struggled to understand if like the wild hunt was like a tangible thing or if it was just something that was like a vision kind of. So I'm glad that they made it just so obvious for the, the viewers. Just like, hey, this is real. Like they have armor. They're real. This is how we're going to make it explain because again in the books in the show i feel like i had been struggling to understand whether they actually were physical beings or if they were just kind of like ghosts that would just like pass through you if they had the chance what's well, interesting because i guess we saw them in like a different like on a different sphere no or was that just like a different yeah that's plane what of like existence. that was a different plane i think like uh, we don't know what it was it could be yeah well maybe we'll figure it out yeah it might be too early for us to know but yeah like i took that as kind of like like I almost thought that like if they if the wild hunt had kept running at that group of three, like it would have just like phased through them. But here, clearly, we know that would not have been the case. Yeah, yeah, they had physical, physical mm -hmm. bodies. It's just mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, Gerald just pops up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck is there? <laughs> just like on his way to Artuza, like yeah. one of the biggest cities in the world, and just like <laughs> series on a random path. And of course, yeah. he's just like yeah, right yeah. there. He's coming from the right direction. I mean, yeah. the only thing, yeah, that I'll give credit, like it would have to be him coming in the right direction, and his medallion must have been like ringing and mm, true. Followed it, but again, I'm I just, just trying to I defend think it. it. I'm just trying to defend it. Yeah, and it speaks to the 
the connection that the two have they're bonded by destiny like he's always yeah. there for her he's always coming i knew you'd come you'd always do easy but it, it's just no, it's yeah the easy way for them to have him appear in these moments no totally. i'm gonna come yeah. yeah it's definitely heroic as shit too i mean i fucking love him <laughs> yeah so that, dude, when he showed up and i was like ah there he is the legend and i literally said it out yeah. loud so i wasn't actually thinking about it dude, i feel just so much safer whenever he's there <laughs> oh my god yeah when he's on the screen it's like fuck yes <laughs> so that's kind of all we had for them this episode we are going to jump over to King Vizimir back in Redania. We get some Dijkstra and Philippa action, yeah. action with Radovid. I don't know what sport this is. I don't know what the objective is. Yeah, but King well, Vizimir just <laughs> chucking metal balls at somebody who's just sitting there and taking it. Fucking ridiculous. Apparently so yeah. he was doing well, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no like, I mean that he was kicking that guy's ass and he would just scream like oh yeah that was a good throw <laughs> uh, so Dijkstra's talking to him about like this deal with Nilfgaard that Vizimir didn't tell Dijkstra about and Dijkstra's saying hey you're getting played man I don't know what deal you brokered you know getting part of a vassal state in, in Nilfgaard's true kingdom but they are playing you Vizimir saying hey you do all the intel give me all the information I make yeah. the decisions yeah that was funny <laughs> Dixon, when just, when these like puppet the kings, frustrating thing yeah, in the world. Yeah, when these puppet kings try to actually do things, like the ones actually running the show, are just like, what do you, what do you, you're just making this so much more difficult for us. Yeah. <laughs> and guys, fucking wife killed. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to get things done. People are just like out here fake line killing people. Like, oh, I, I, I mean, I killed this person, but it was actually this person that did it. So let's let's make them the enemy. You know, yeah. common theme here. Yeah, Radovid is like teasing Dijkstra he's like come on master of spies use me you're not doing anything you're not getting anywhere you need my help um and all of a sudden you go to the next scene it's Dijkstra sitting down with Vizimir at the table Vizimir saying he doesn't want anything to do with the Cyrilla nonsense anymore it's way too much of a headache all of a sudden Radovid comes in with a chest you know oh there's a letter courtesy of Nilfgaard see Dijkstra everything's fine opens it up it's the head of his Ooh. wife the queen he her, freaks out is her name Hedwig yeah okay that so we just throws me off we got her a little bit episode one not a whole lot she only yeah. had a line here or there but we she do kind of cranky yeah but apparently Vizimir actually cared about her because he yeah. broke down a little bit and Deeksha was like i swear I will, I will not let them get away with this and puts on the face as soon as Vizimir gets out yeah. the door and the door is closed he goes back to the normal demeanor sits on his throne starts eating his chicken i love rat- that and Radovid is like, holy fuck, this was you. You fucking yeah. did all this. Mm. He's yeah, like, he, basically, gonna... he basically shoves it in his face. Dijkstra's like, what, are you going to get tell him? What are you going to tell him? Like, <laughs> He just lays out what would happen, and Radovid's like, you are a motherfucker. <laughs> and Putting this place again. Yeah, just popping some chicken, beating the boss. That was a great scene. I think that was definitely a badass scene for Dijkstra's. I mean, even though it was definitely evil, I think, I think that was a, a well-needed scene for him. Yeah, bro. Us and no. Dijkstra stands are fucking eating good. <laughs> Definitely. Because, you know, Dijkstra was kind of being exposed earlier this season. He was the master yeah. of spies, but didn't seem to know everything or get everywhere. So he's kind of being underplayed. And all of a sudden, he kind of big dogs everybody right here. Oh, yeah. oh that's what you right meant. Down. That's what you meant when you said we could get more use out of the queen. Yeah, that you was know, good. Yeah, it is. Do you nice. think that this is that was what Philippa, Philippa, Philippa? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. why I just questioned that so hard. Uh, <laughs> what she was like talking about, or did she like know that this was like a potential route to happen? 
It seems like this was kind of just like a Dijkstra thing. I feel like it was both of them. I feel like they both con- okay, yeah. conglomerated and definitely. Like, yeah, this is the way they, they to go. chatted about like making her useful. But I'm yeah, I'm curious of how like what level of involvement. And based off the the conversation that she has with the one night stand. Oh, so true. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I was just true. about to say they she, literally talk about Philippa. Definitely kind of. I don't. I don't actually know if she's banging for pleasure or just banging mm-hmm. the servant. You can keep that in, by the way. So I'm okay with making mistakes on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> We're all learning. We're all learning. <laughs> like again, the 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 maid seemed to actually be falling for Philippa. I don't know if that was yeah. a little brainwashing or what, but the well, maid was dude, all about killing Hedwig. You meet somebody who gives you an orgasm like that, you're probably fucking sticking around. Yeah, true. true. She's about to jump through the roof. She was sweating. She yeah, was sweating heavy. Um, and Philippa is just kind of sitting there r- thinking through what happened. And she realizes that the mage that used telepathy, because we, they heard about this mage that had the weird voice used for telepathy to speak. She was strong enough to portal through Philippa's enchantments. And this mage helped kill the queen is what I was getting from that. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I was getting from that. But all I was getting, Philippa was kind of getting on Lydia's radar a little bit. She realizes the portal is special, a swirling black vortex of unnervingness. And then all of a sudden, the realization, Rience works for Nilfgaard. Fuck me. Yep. And this kind of, again, just goes into what we're talking about, that I don't think Dijkstra or Philippa have a chance at being the all-powerful mage. Like, if, yeah. they, if this is the reaction we see them having to all this news and information, like, I just don't think it's either of them. All right, so we are going to jump over to Francesca real quick. She just has one scene. She's healing her. Oh, fuck. I <laughs> gotcha. Oh, my God, dude. Why? <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, were you just pretending to be frozen? <laughs> yeah, you guys were so still. Kyle had the I, dumbest well, I, was, on his face. I wasn't even I was trying like... to be a part of it. I was literally just reading an art, like just like a uh, recap real so quick. Funny. And so I was I like, just so bad. <laughs> yeah, you That's did. Funny. <laughs> you, were, you were fucking freeze like this. I thought we were. Yeah, definitely... hey, keep that in. Keep that in. <laughs> All right. So we're jumping over to Kahir and Galton now. Um, they're in Nilfgaard. They're talking to Emperor Amir. As soon as Amir comes in, he's all business. He wants to know right away, you know, what's going on. Galton's like, hey, squirrels are getting slaughtered, man. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't even know how to. So he's trying to pretty much usurp Francesca. Because oh, oh, I just want to slip this in. It was Scoyatel. We got it here. He says Scoyatel. I just wanted to, yeah. for the last episode, we were butchering it left and right. Scoyatel. Luke's a big scotial guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I made the pasta joke in the last episode, but it literally, like, you could tell me that that was like an Italian pastry. I would believe you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Might be. Well, Gallatin's trying to tell Amir that Francesca isn't following your orders anymore. She's being selfish. She's not doing what she's told. So Gallatin kind of goes out. Emperor Amir and Kahir have a little conversation. And Amir's saying, hey, we can't do this because we can't have our forces split you know if, if galton takes over and we you know take out francesca then all the elves are going to be like all right i don't know who to follow now so it takes away from both of their goals just by trying to gr- get a better leader going mm-hmm. so he doesn't want it to happen kahir gives a little bit of info about how he's having dreams about siri and he wants to be the one to find her he's like please let me get at her and Amir's like, you know what? I didn't take any pleasure in punishing you, but I knew you could survive. I knew you could do it. And uh, yeah, I think your time was paid. So do you want to come back home? 
you just got to do one more thing. You got to kiss my ring and then go kill your buddy over there. In retrospect, so obvious that this was going to happen in the time watching the episode completely came out of left field for me. Had no mm-hmm. idea this was going to happen. I was so utterly shocked. And now looking back, it's literally so obvious that this mm-hmm. is what he was asking him to do. Yeah, I don't know how this went over my head either. Because like <laughs> yeah. the knife goes in his neck and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I you know. go back and rewatch it and like he's talking about how the splitting of the elves would be an yeah. issue. So like obviously plan would be to just kill the the usurper in this situation, yeah. if you want to call him that. They were building Galton up so much. I know. I thought yeah. he was gonna be like a big player in the squirrels hierarchy, but you know, Kahir Kahir had to take him out to get back in. And uh yeah, he's not gonna not kill his buddy if it means that he can regain his honor and shit like that. And he did yeah. kind of punch the the mirror and had that little you know what what would you even call that like a a moment of like crisis of identity crisis of identity perfect there you go yeah Yeah. because this goes into what we were talking about like fringilla is already on the outs with nilfgaard like she's i feel like she's going her own path and now we see kahir even though i would say at the end of the episode he's still loyal to nilfgaard but he's now kind of seeing that amir maybe isn't all that forgiving as what kahir used to think of him as i really like kahir's character so yeah. I'm glad I'm I'm not glad, I guess, technically that this happened, but I just anything that makes his character like develop or you know not fight for the cause of Nilf's journey and just, yeah. just makes like forcing him to have these types of situations and make these decisions and, and deal with the aftermath. I just really, really like his character. So um, I, I thought this was like a great scene. One thing I do kind of hope that happens is that I, I want to see Kahir and Amir's immediate conglomeration after the events of this like i want to see how amir talks to kahir about doing this like will it be in a way that makes kahir more loyal to the cause or will it be in a way that makes kahir kind of question amir's maybe not sanity but you know just his his personality i guess so i'm just curious if they'll include that scene because i feel like that would be very important for both amir's character as well as kahir's character going forward they're gonna bang yeah, I mean, Whoa. that would be nuts. That would be crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it. That would too. cause some drama. I just, Amir is a character. I don't know. He's just not, I, I need, I need more from him and quick, I think, just personally. Yeah. I would agree uh, with that. And I would agree. Just based off from the books, like one of my main issues would have been I would have liked to get more Amir backstory. Um, and so hopefully the show gives us that a little bit more, which they already kind of are, I think, just by even giving us the scenes with like the blacksmith and here with Kahir. Like those are, again, scenes we never got in the books. Yeah, yeah, totally. I thought, you know, really good Kahir scene all in all. In the end, looking back, you know, what a what an interesting character he's got going on. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy it. We are going to jump to Istrid real quick. He only oh had God, one. I forgot qu- about that motherfucker. Yeah, right. Fucking option number two in case Geralt ever dies and Yen has to go back to her plan B. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> what a downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh he's God. a bum. So he's trying to get more books on the monoliths. Uh and I don't know who this freelancer is t- that is getting hired to track that shit down, but she didn't get the book. Apparently it went to Aratusa. Um, so they are in Nilfgaard. He is hiding out in Nilfgaard right now. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure. They were singing songs about Nilfgaard, but it could be like a newly conquered territory. Yeah, because I think it opens up like the song opens with them mentioning a city that wasn't like Nilfgaard. And like, I think you're I think the second part of what you were saying is right. Like, I think it was like a recently captured Nilfgaard like yeah. 
But yeah, Istrid, man, he, I wonder what his, like, he's obviously heading to Aratusa. Like, this is just basically everyone and yeah. their mothers is basically going to be at Aratusa. And we're, this is definitely going to lead to something huge. So, I'm, like I said in the previous end of the episode, last episode, I'm just so excited for more Aratusa content. Like, I just, it's building up to get something big here. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I mean, the monolith idea is cool. I, there's just like so many, like I said at the start, there's so many irons yeah. in the fire for this show that it's tough. Like, like things happen and sometimes, you know, they don't always move plot or something like that are important. And it's just, uh, it's just kind of tough sometimes. But even like I had forgotten about the monolith until they said it in this episode. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot. Yeah, that's a thing too. And they're really interesting. So I knew you guys said that they're not, that's not a book thing, right? No. And it's, it's funny because Istrid really isn't in it that whole much either. And season two, they try to give him a lot more. They try to give a lot of other storylines some more credit. And I swear, it seems like they're just trying to fix their mistakes in this yeah. season because yeah, Istrid's yeah. barely in it. You know, through three episodes, he's got one scene. Like, they're like, how the fuck are we going to tie this storyline that we created in season two into the yeah. source material that we're reverting back to in season three? It's it's interesting, honestly. But I mean, I like Istrid as a character. So we're yeah. thinking that whoever the, like, Rience's benefactor... I don't think that's the right word. Either way, the guy who's behind the scenes of Rience, they probably were the recipient of the book, right? So I took it as didn't the book was being sent to Aratusa from the Nilfgaardian Emperor is what I took it as, which I don't know why that would make sense or what, but I'm okay. fairly certain the book was coming from Nilfgaard to Aratusa. Okay, so yeah, I, think like, I, I think you're right, just, though. Yeah, that's I just think, the thought I latched onto immediately. Yeah, I think either way, it was definitely in the hands of Amir at some point, this book. My last comment on the scene, too, will be that clearly Istrid and Yaskir have the same hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If they have the same hairdresser, do Rience and Lydia have the same makeup artist? Because they're both yes. missing parts of their fucking face right here. Yeah. And they I are the... I see you, boss. Talk about the best segue ever. Yeah, you want to talk um, about the segues. This will be our last group of characters for this episode Rience and lydia um they are talking about how Rience is freaking out because he's like hey i only partnered up with you and i only took this job because you said you didn't work for nilfgaard i don't want to be involved with anything nilfgaard too powerful and lydia is going with her telepathy hey i don't work for nilfgaard i just work for my lord and right now my lord is working with nilfgaard not for nilfgaard so again we don't know who this guy is. All we know is he's got connections with a bunch of higher ups. Vilgi. Vilgi. Yeah, you want to talk about connections of higher ups? Yeah. I think it was so stupid of Lydia to try and insult Rience with a face joke. Like, what the fuck? Like, your face is clearly way worse off yeah. than his is. Like, and I mean, she's obviously... also clearly way more sensitive about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you? Well, I forget what the comment was. I'm like, you are such an idiot. Like he's just going to throw <laughs> this right back in your face yeah. literally. And he did. <laughs> yeah. I liked how he was able to like brush his finger through the illusion and the illusion goes away for yeah, a hot yeah. second. That definitely that riled her up a little bit. Do we know why he hates Nilfgaard or why he's anti Nilfgaard? I thought of it as he's scared to work mm. with Nilfgaard because they're so powerful. Like, yeah, I think people, I feel like just people hate, Nilfgaard in general just because they're running around conquering shit that yeah. they're claiming like they're the all superior ones like I think people just are anti-Nilfgaard 
because I remember there's obviously some more information about him in season two when we first meet him and those types of things. I just didn't remember if I was not remembering something. Well, you're good. And I also could have used the internet, but I used you guys instead. (laughs) Well, you could also get spoilers that way. You definitely don't want to do that. True. Just Rianne's then the death dead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like Rianne's bangs, Geralt. I'm like, whoa. What is it? Yeah. Status or status. Google autofill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean the end of episode three we're pretty much set up for what could be a really good episode four or five you know we already have a lot of people with their sights on Aratusa, so we don't know exactly know what the pace of the rest of part one will be but you know it, it feels like it's building definitely after a crazy episode one i feel like two and three were definitely a lot of build for a crazy episode four or five yeah i mean yeah. The, the we get the break after five so it's got to be some mid-season shenanigans have got to be going down there especially if they're breaking up into you know releasing the second set of episodes later on i feel like they've ha- they have to lead us on a cliffhanger that's got to be a banger but that's yeah, just, just an interesting thing for them to do. Yeah. Break up mid season. So uh, maybe, yeah, it was story focused versus like, behind what if we just come back and focused? it's just Liam Hemsworth is Geralt. Oh my God. <laughs> I would go right to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> what the comments are saying. Yeah. I mean, I would, I had to save up my whatever 600 fucking Twitter posts that I'm allowed to see per day for <laughs> that. Yeah, Elon just changed to, that shit. Just <laughs> to be able to read what people were saying. If they actually pulled that, that would be insane. Uh, my yeah. comment, though, on these episodes is just that I'm very interested in the idea of like what is actually going to happen. I mean, I, that's like a stupid sentence to say out loud, but like because they're saying like like Yasker has a line to Geralt where he's like neutrality has consequences as well. Geralt's saying like I thought I could take her off the board, but now people are you know creating new pieces instead, and and then we get uh, to Saya basically and Yen talking about how like Yen wants to protect her from the war, but then you know war's going to happen and she's going to be central to it. I'm just interested to see how far it goes. Like, is it literally going to be Geralt, Yen, and Siri against like everyone else, like? because it, it, everyone's going to get on board like anti-Syria where it's like Strekabor's kind of line of thinking of like it's he's basically a fucking nuke and let's just neutralize the nuke and we don't have to worry about anything else like I'm just getting towards like the idea of the war and the fighting and if it's going to be so like the intensity level I guess is kind of what I'm getting and I'm just very curious to see how where the story goes in that sense I've honestly really enjoyed these episodes, surprisingly. Like, I think I, I told Luke, who was a little hungover today, to be on the podcast. But oh, I yeah. Was, we didn't even mention that. He's not yeah, here. <laughs> he's a little baby. But uh, no. So I was telling him, I was like, you know what? I really hate how much I'm liking this show. Because, again, as we mentioned in the first episode, we're just going to this is just all going to lead to a big disappointment with, you know, Henry Cavill not being in there in season four, potentially maybe in these next final four yeah, episodes. Oh, yeah, my God. No. Um, but I'm just. I think Kyle had mentioned it off pod at the start of the recording that, you know, these episodes actually didn't really do that well in uh, oh, yeah. ratings. Like, I think they got like on IMDb. fives like, to mid sixes. Like, yeah. and I, I, I'm not ready to give it that low. I think people are just still salty about the news. Like Kyle kind of said that too, that people are still salty about the Henry Cavill news. And that's probably why they're getting a negative ratings. Cause I really, I mean, these episodes weren't great, but they weren't, I wouldn't consider them five, six level, nah. you know? I well, think I it was still a, really especially good. Especially on that scale. Like if you want to use like an actual honest scale where you're actually going to use like one, two, three, and four, like yeah, they were maybe like sixes in that scale. But in the sense of like how people actually rate things where like a six is terrible, 
Like yeah. these were just like solid. They were just solid. Yeah, like I'm still excited for the the remainder of the season. Like I I'm I generally am back. Like I'm feeling the feelings that I did in season two of like I really love this show. I'm just I just then you kind of think ah shit Liam Hemsworth <laughs> you know yeah so. it's tough because I just love Geralt yeah as like, that's is. such a big part of the show of yeah. why I like the show so much and it's just kind of tough but, but yeah hey, solid episode we, we got time with them though we got time with them and we're gonna enjoy yeah. it while we got it yeah. I feel like that's how we end every episode. It's like we still got a few more episodes of Henry <laughs> yeah. Cavill left. Right? I mean, it's going to be mentioned every podcast episode. We just have to remind people. It would almost be malpractice if we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his, uh, what am I trying to say? His, his enthusiasm, his muscles are amazing. His enthusiasm for the content is yeah. just infectious. And I swear you can tell just in the show, just by watching him play Geralt. And that is very hard to come by so that is I, why we are so passionate about it I, my last comment too now i'm kind of thinking about it, is like it's interesting that he said that one of the main reasons i think he said that he left the show was because he didn't like the directional choice that the directors were taking with the show but i feel like this season now more than ever we've been more connected to the books so like they must really do something in season four end of this season that is just like bad bad yeah so because again i'm just i feel like i'm at this point in the story we're i'm reading directly from the book at this point so i'm surprised that henry thinks that they're not going to stick with this he knows something that we don't so we'll see but that's my only comment that i wanted to bring up can't wait to find out yeah yeah but that's going to be it for us guys if you like what you heard please follow us at bingetowntv.com like we were saying earlier that is the best way to find all of our content in the best format format possible. <laughs> format. <laughs> Fucking loser, Paul. You're a Mormont. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. All oh, the shit. <laughs> hey let's go what a way to end that they know the socials the people know the socials yeah yeah thanks for listening love you guys yeah (laughs) kyle said it best appreciate you guys love you guys we'll see you here next time smart rates for a smart lady john cardi bank (laughs) mind the well name john cardi bank mind well the name (laughs) you're listening to the geekscape network You're listening to the Geekscape Network.